0: and he's found the back of the net! Just a little off foot, thinking he's going to go far post. Not strong enough with his right hand. Whips that one in. Far post almost made him in, and they have! He has the hat-trick! The second in his career! The third of the night! The hat-trick hero! Talked about, you're not going to be able to sustain that kind of pressure. To the corner. Goes towards the near post, and you're the angle. What a goal! What a goal! There is a common scene in football: a teammate having been tackled or fallen, or maybe even injured, and another teammate reaches down with a hand and helps them stand up on their feet again. Now, depending on the physicality of the match, the role of the player, this can happen any number of times in the game. Hello, everyone. This is Rev Brad, and you're listening to the Soccer Chaplains United podcast from the Touchline. As a chaplain for a professional football club, I've seen this scene play out over and over and over again. Now, sometimes it's a respectful opponent who will offer a hand up, but most often it is a teammate who comes over and helps her own teammate regain their own feet. Similar to football in life, we all get knocked down. It can be a job loss, a bit of devastating news, a bad grade, a failed test, a missed opportunity, or even a physical ailment or something else. And we find ourselves lying on the ground, and struggling to get back up again. In those moments, it certainly helps to have someone reaching out, someone who's offering a helping hand and giving us a way to stand back up on our feet. Well, there's this picture of this in the Bible that I wanted to share with you today because I think in many ways, this past year of 2020 has knocked many of us flat off of our feet. I've supported countless people who have lost jobs this year. I've counseled several facing financial crisis and loss. The the football club where I voluntarily serve, Colorado Rapids, have recently had a struggle bus with COVID and have have had to try and reschedule six different matches. For people in the organization where I serve this likely, uh, it, it means jobs. It, it means so many different things, known and unknown. E- even more recently, the church where I used to serve a number of years ago, has also been going through a difficult time and and people have recently been knocked to the ground with with what's been going on there. And so, you know, maybe for you, maybe maybe for me, it's coronavirus or it's the social and racial injustice and tension. Maybe it's political tensions or other moments of unrest and uncertainty. And I, I haven't even mentioned the mental health issues that come from living through a global pandemic. But I I believe that many people right now are needing a helping hand up And so, I want to share this story with you. It's the larger story stretches across several chapters. I can't get into all of it. But in the second book of Kings, in the Bible, chapter 10, verses 15 and 16, we read about this man named Jehu. It reads like this. After Jehu had left there, he came upon Jehonadab, son of Rechab, who was on his way to meet him. Jehu greeted him and said, are you in accord with me as I am with you? I am, Jehonadab answered. If so, said Jehu, give me your hand. So he did. And Jehu helped him up into the chariot. Jehu said, come with me and see see my zeal for the Lord. Then he had him ride along in his chariot. Now to paint a bit of a picture, I don't know if you know Jehu. Uh, Jehu recently had been anointed as king over the northern kingdom of Israel. See, the nation of Israel had split into two kingdoms. The north comprised of 10 tribes was known as Israel and its capital city was Samaria. The southern kingdom had split as well. They had two tribes and they were known as Judah. And Israel was a hot mess. A ruthless king had been ruling the northern kingdom. His name was Ahab, and he'd pretty much run the nation into the ground. They'd suffered for well over 20 years. And having gone through serious drought and famine, there were all sorts of economic and social issues. There was serious social and political unrest in the land. You see, Ahab had been an evil king, and his queen was a driving force behind much of it. So by the time we read about Jehu driving his chariot and coming across Jehonadab, We can understand a people who have lived in distressed and oppressed times, perhaps a lot like our own today. You know, during such times, it's hard to know whom to trust. Jehu knew of Jehonadab, they were friends, but he wanted to know if they were truly of the same heart and mind about things. And with Jehu in the midst of leading a coup d'etat against a previous king, there is this sorting and sifting out of allegiances and loyalties, and so he offers his hand this gesture was not just about helping them up into the chariot, but it was a symbolic thing. For each of them to take each other's hand, it was a sign of both men coming together, a, a, a sign of partnership, a sign of, of teamwork, a sign of allegiance. Well, friends, we often find ourselves engaged in battle, and there's this ongoing struggle for our hearts, for our minds, and for our souls. There's this fight that's ongoing. It's a, it's a fight that's spiritual and emotional and mental, more so than even physical. And it's one in which we need a wingman, we need a partner, a, a, a teammate, a co-pilot who will at times, at the right times, extend a hand, someone who will help us up when we fall down, someone who's there for us in ways that that maybe we just need them. We need that phone call, we need that message, we need that friendship. The writer of the book of Ecclesiastes gives us a strong picture of this in Ecclesiastes four, uh, nine through ten. He writes, Two are better than one because they have a good return for their labor. If either of them falls down, one can help the other up. But pity anyone who falls and has no one to help them up. You see, there's a two-sided nature to this. We help others up and and others help us up. There is a bond of brotherhood, a, a, a sacred sisterhood that we share. And when we face defeat or depression or distress we need that brother, that sister who will reach down and help us up. And in turn, we look for them. We, we do that for them too. Proverbs 18.24 gives another great distinction uh, that I just want to mention here. And the writer of Proverbs here, here says, one with many companions may come to ruin, but there is a friend who sticks closer than a brother. You know sometimes I see athletes and and other stars in in the profession where I work surrounded by so many people and as a chaplain i've I've become uh really discerning and realizing who's around this person just because of the aura the glow the the glory they're a companion and and guess what happens when they retire or their game goes bad or or something else, they, they lose the, the great wage they used to be on. They're just a companion who runs away and they, they find the next person to glom onto, to hold onto. But every once in a while, and I, I've seen this several times, especially amongst the pro athletes, you, you see that, that friend that's tight, that friend that's with them through thick and thin, that, that friend who shows up even when they're sitting the bench or even when they're not dressing for the game. And you know, that's that friend. That's a friend that sticks closer than a brother. That's that lifelong friend who goes through thick and thin with you. Well, the Celts named it Anamkara. They, they named that, this type of friendship a soul friendship. It's, it's someone who's able to extend a hand to help you up. Someone who, who truly gets you, truly understands you, and they're willing to walk with you through the messiest moments of life. They're that kindred spirit. They're that bosom buddy, as it were. So let me ask, who is that for you? who is your right-hand person? Who's your trusted friend? It may be someone whom you've been cut off from in, these, in this global pandemic, or, or maybe the miles have grown between you. Maybe you've been separated by, by land and water. Who knows? Maybe a lot of time has just passed between the two of you. I wonder, is it a former teammate or coach or manager? Maybe it's a chaplain or a pastor or a counselor. Maybe it's an old childhood friend, or or even your spouse. And, and I know if you're like me, you're just tired of Zoom calls and FaceTime and social media and WhatsApp. Just and 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 texting, they they just don't get it done. They're just not helpful. It doesn't cut it. But I want to encourage you to reach out, to reach out and offer your hand to that person. Get reconnected somehow. You know, you never know that they might be needing you right now in this very moment for whatever they're facing. And if you're listening and maybe you're struggling yourself and and you're looking around and you're going, who's reaching out a hand to me? I just want to pause. I, I want you to take a minute and think through who are those friends in the past? Who, who are those people that have been around you? Not as a companion, but as a trusted friend, a friend that sticks closer to a brother. And, and I get it. Maybe you feel as though you have no one. I just want to encourage you, make it a simple prayer. Maybe even ask God, even in this moment, God, please send me that closer than a brother friend, that closer than a sister friend who can reach out and extend a helping hand because I need it. I need them now. In closing today, I wanna share these words that they might be a prayer for you and for me. If your heart is right with my heart, give me your hand. The right hand of fellowship the right hand of friendship. If your heart is right with my heart, give me your hand. Give me your hand. Amen. This is Rev. Brad reaching out a hand and coming to you from the touchline.